Welcome back, dear listeners, to another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod. Welcome, if this is your first time, to the Through the Banner podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back, whether this is your first episode or your 50th episode that you're listening to, whatever the case is. I appreciate you and I value you very much as a listener. Thank you so much for joining. It is round three of the AFLW season already. I cannot believe that the season is going by as quickly as it is. We're 20% of the way through the uh, through the home and away season. Come this round, it'll be 30%. And uh, what an intriguing round it is. Some very exciting matchups. Some teams meeting for the first time. Some clubs looking to uh, break some hoodoos. And uh, a lot of interesting games. We'll get stuck into that later. But firstly, we'll get stuck into some uh, highlights and some lowlights from what was a pretty interesting second week of the season if round one was the round where there was a lot of surprises and there were some great games round two unfortunately was the round filled with quite a lot of blowouts um and unfortunately i think it goes to show that there is a bit of a gap uh quite a quite a large gap actually between uh the best teams not just the best teams in the competition and the rest but even the main, you know, the top 12 to 13 clubs and then the bottom, uh, the worst teams in the competition. But we'll get stuck into that a little bit later. First, uh, as always, we'll talk about the main highlights. And I think any time that you keep a team to under 10 points, you deserve to be mentioned among the highlights. Uh, it's always a highlight for North Melbourne to play at their spiritual home ground of Arden Street to do so against a, uh, can you call Carlton a traditional rival to North Melbourne? I guess you can, bit of a off-field and on-field rivalry back in the 90s um, and a little bit into the noughties as well. Uh, definitely uh, perhaps not as fierce in the AFLW, um, but nevertheless, it's always great for North Melbourne to get a big win at home at their home ground, winning by 60 points, 66 to 6. Um, it was an impressive performance from the Kangaroos. And considering that uh, other clubs have, you know, taken a little bit of a misstep around them, Brisbane losing in round one as an example, Richmond falling against the Adelaide Crows, the start of the season for North Melbourne has, um, has gone very, very, very swimmingly for them. And it had to because now, they're, now they've got a, a difficult game in round three coming up. Um, and it was a game that they had to get a big percentage booster playing one of the weaker teams in the competition, and they did North Melbourne, and for that, they should be commended. The other highlight that I want to mention, uh, teams scoring uh, more than 70 points or 70, around about 70-plus um, in AFLW up until this point has been, I don't want to say it's never happened because it has, it's been a little bit of a rarity and to have it happen so many times throughout one weekend, it was great to see clubs really hitting the scoreboard. Uh, Melbourne and Gold Coast both putting up uh, just a behind less than 100 points. Um, at the start of the season, I don't know if, um, I don't know if many people who haven't watched AFLW before would would have told you that, you know, a team would hit 99 points this year, let alone it happening twice on the same weekend. 
Um, but I think it's been building the scoring prowess of the AFLW for quite a while. And so the fact that we're seeing scores 99, 76, 68, 66, it's great for the competition and it's showing that it's really growing, which is really exciting to see. And I know there was a similar highlight to what I had last round, but I just think it's, it goes to show that even week on week, we're seeing an improvement in AFLW scores, which is great. Another highlight as an Essendon supporter had to mention the return to Windy Hill uh, the Bombers returning to their spiritual home ground the first time that they're playing at Windy Hill uh, in a seniors game of football since the 1990s. And it's just great to see uh, so many red and black faithful and even some St. Kilda supporters turning out for that game as well. Um, but from a playing perspective, Essendon has shown the fact that though they don't necessarily play four full quarters of great football, what they are able to do is respond to adversity in-game really, really well. Both Hawthorne and St. Kilda really challenged Essendon in portions of, of their of their round one and round two matchups, respectively. And the Bombers have been able to kind of uh, withstand the pressure and withstand that change in momentum and be able to, to shift it back the other way relatively quickly. And it's a sign of a growing maturity within the side. And they should be commended for that. Uh, another highlight I want to mention uh, the Adelaide Crows, very impressive defensive effort. They took one of the most impressive um, teams in Richmond in round one and made them, I think, look pretty meek for three quarters. Uh, it was rainy and miserable on that Friday. So scoring wasn't as high as it as it otherwise was throughout the weekend. But it was nevertheless a great defensive effort. And that full ground press defense that the Crows do so well, it just suffocated Richmond in the end, keeping them to just 12 points in the end. It was a great, uh, it was a great performance from the Crows. Uh, every single highlight, unfortunately, there is a low light as well. Um, and the low light for me, unfortunately, quite a lot of blowout matches hopefully the rest of the season will be more like round one where there was a few close games and less like round two where we saw comfortable blowout margins of 73 points and 50 points and uh let's see here what else 60 points and 77 points it's always um boring watching a blowout game of football you you want to see as a neutral supporter you want to see close exciting games um, even Collingwood's win against Fremantle was 21 points in the end, but for most of the day was heading into that blowout territory before Fremantle struck back late. Um, hopefully we'll get a lot more closer games in round three because the, the fixture opens up for that possibility quite nicely. Uh, another low light I want to mention, and it's it's perhaps a tiny bit unfair on this team considering how um, considering how young they are, but I was really looking forward to seeing improvement from the West Coast Eagles this year and uh, to concede the highest score in the Suns' history. And the third, I think the third now equals the highest score that any AFLW team has ever scored um, to a team that in the first week took a disappointing loss against Carlton. And I don't think the Suns still, I still don't think they look like a finals uh, a finals team this this season, the Suns, to lose to a club that I think will finish outside the eight by 73 points and to concede almost 100 against them is a major disappointment. And, um, and I just, I'm starting to wonder just a little bit about whether or not they've been 
improvement year on year from last season to this season for the West Coast Eagles. And they've got to turn it around quickly because otherwise you get a culture of losing that is really deeply ingrained. Um, so hopefully from West Coast perspective, they're able to turn it around uh, relatively quickly. They've got an opportunity against Carlton traveling interstate, but it was a disappointing, disappointing start to the year, no doubt. And uh, the other low light for me don't know if there's many other low lights to be honest with you it's just perhaps that richmond um lack of connection going inside forward 50 just every single opportunity that they had after quarter time they seemed that they're kicking it to either an outnumber or to a crow's defender loose inside forward 50 and in footy it doesn't matter how many inside 50s you get if you can't find a target inside 50 um you're not gonna get a decent enough score to win and that's what happened uh, with the Tigers, just a little bit of a disconnect with Richmond going inside 50 against the Crows, which I didn't think was that big of an issue against against the Lions. Um, but uh, it, it was a little bit of a troubling performance and just potentially a couple of question marks, I think, raised about Richmond after what was a great start to the year in round one. Just brought back to earth a little bit, but it was a very impressive performance from Adelaide. And again, it was a wet and miserable, horrible day in Melbourne as well. So it wasn't like you were going to get a super high-scoring game. Uh, just before we go into round three predictions, I'm super, super, super excited um, to mention the return of a player who uh, looks set to take the AFLW by storm and then had a series of horrible injuries and 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 just setback after setback. And it's great to see her back for the first time in 616 days on an AFL field. She's moved clubs, she's moved cities, and it's great to see Isabel Huntington back uh, for the AFLW this weekend. She'll play for the Giants against Richmond uh, on Saturday, and I'm super excited to see her back as an AFLW fan. Um, hate to see any player dealing with an ACL injury and dealing with injury setbacks, but um, it's great to see the uh, the uh, um, strength that she has to bounce back from that, and hopefully she has a great year ahead. Um, but before we get to that Giants versus Tigers game, there's a Friday night clash that starts in a couple of hours down the highway in Geelong. It's first versus fourth on the ladder. And what an exciting final series. Uh, it was the clash last year. It was between the Kangaroos and the Cats in the final series um, that ended up with a narrow, narrow, narrow victory to the Kangaroos by just two points, despite the Cats kicking one goal, eight behinds. And that probably would have stung during the offseason, I can imagine, for Geelong players. Well, here's the opportunity for them to bounce back at home against the arguably the form side in the competition. North Melbourne get their first proper premiership challenge this season. Both clubs doing very, very well with two big wins to start off the year for both of them. Uh, I am tipping in this one North Melbourne to win. I just think that they're closer to the premiership than Geelong are. They're more experienced in these big games than Geelong are, even though the game is in Geelong which will favor the Cats a little bit. I just don't think Geelong have it in them to get their first win uh, ever against the Kangaroos. But it is great to see that the two clubs that joined the competition in 2019 are uh, uh, now kind of, I want to say peaking because the Kangaroos have been there about since, since entering the competition. But now both of these clubs are 
they've come to fruition and they're and they're they're premiership contenders and it's great to see for the expansion of the competition and it gives hope for the other clubs that come after them that they can challenge for the finals too in the not too distant future. But we'll get to Saturday. Uh I'm tipping, I don't know if I said the North Melbourne message long tip. I'm tipping the kangaroos by uh less than a goal. It should be a great game of footy. On to Greater Western Sydney versus Richmond uh in Blacktown. Uh this is interesting because the Tigers, if you look at the odds, are pretty heavy favorites. I don't know if I would be so bold as to say that I think that they'll win this by a lot. I think their forward line issues are something that they've hopefully been working on during the week. Um, it'll be interesting to see Rich Richmond show up, the one that looked uh, devastating and, and threatening against Brisbane or the one that looked borderline anemic um, during the last three quarters against the Adelaide Crows. Uh, as for the Giants, promising signs against Melbourne for about two and a half quarters before the Demons uh, proved far too strong. But if the Giants bring that kind of physicality and that kind of pressure that they did against Melbourne during the first three quarters uh, during this game here, there's no reason why they couldn't grab a uh, grab a victory against the Tigers in Sydney. But unfortunately for GWS, I don't know if they have enough talent up forward to threaten Richmond, um, especially when that Richmond ball movement is really, really, really strong and they and they then they connect really well through the middle of the ground. They are pretty unstoppable and I think the Tigers will prove so here. They win by about 20 points. To Adelaide and we get the Crows and the Bombers, which is interesting it's third versus fifth the first time that these two clubs have ever played each other in the aflw both of these clubs undefeated so far this season uh the crows you can say haven't really been challenged yet i mean first quarter against richmond aside it's been a pretty uh i don't want to say easy start to the year for the crows but it's been a pretty easy start to the year the bombers have shown a lot of maturity against the uh against the Hawks and then against the Saints. But Adelaide and Adelaide is another kettle of fish entirely. And they are just such a powerful, powerful unit. And the bombers, as brave as they've as brave as they have been, uh, they portions in their games, and it's the second quarter in particular against both the Hawks and the Saints, where they've struggled in. Um, I think against a premiership contender like Adelaide, uh, I don't think Essendon will get away with only playing 75 or 80% of the game um, against the Crows in Adelaide. You have to be playing, you have to be on 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 the ball and playing 100% of the game to the best of your abilities. And I just don't think the Bombers have shown yet that they can do that. So I think the Crows will win by about 25 points. But I think Essendon will be better in the long in the long run for playing the Crows in South Australia. Uh, what great experience for a young team. And we go to Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs, two clubs that have played each other quite a lot um, in the history of not just AFLW, but obviously before the competition started, you had the exhibition matches as well, Melbourne and the Bulldogs. Uh, quite a lot of uh, recent history, the last 10 years or so, um, paving the way really for the competition leads to the Ds uh, having the wood on the dogs over the last few seasons, especially. This game being in Casey Fields, having a look at the odds, these are massive, possibly the biggest discrepancy so far of the season in terms of odds. Melbourne City down a dollar and two. The dogs all the way out 
in $13, which is incredible. But I do think the dog's injury concerns and form issues as well, I think, points to this being a big margin. AFLW, uh, the website, they they they, they tip Melbourne to win by about 50 points. I don't know if it will be quite that much, but I do think the Ds will win by about six goals. Wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that. Melbourne, they know that percentage really, really counts for a lot, especially with the Kangaroos having such a strong start to the year. They'll want to finish on top Melbourne. They'll want the minor premiership. And uh, if they are to get that minor premiership and that top spot, they need to win big here. We go to Western Australia. It's Fremantle versus Hawthorne at Fremantle Community Bank Oval. Uh, What an interesting start to the season for these two teams sitting one and one a piece of Hawks so impressive against the dogs after a pretty disappointing start to the season against the bombers while the Dockers brought to earth a little bit. Um, I think the end margin of 21 points against Collingwood probably flattered them a little bit considering how strong Collingwood were throughout most of that game, how much they dominated. I think the Hawks have the real potential here to cause an upset, and I think that whoever ends up winning this game of football, it's not going to be a comfortable margin. It's going to be a close one. I tipped the Hawks for the upset last week, and they didn't let me down. And so uh, I'm thinking in this one, in a borderline coin toss game, even though it is in Western Australia, I'm tipping the Hawks to win this one as well. It should be a fascinating contest and a real opportunity after a disappointing round one loss to go 2-1. and one early in the season for the Hawks. And I think it's an opportunity that they'll take Two, uh Melbourne will go St. Kilda versus Port Adelaide uh, Sunday, the first game on Sunday at RSCA park, St. Kilda v. Port. I think this game um, has the potential to be interesting considering both clubs have had a very slow start to the year. Neither club has had a win just yet. Um, With that being said, though, I think St. Kilda being a little bit older, uh, a little bit more experienced than Port Adelaide, both clubs have great players that they've brought in from other clubs. Um, But I think the Saints, they're just starting to improve a little bit defensively last week. And at times, they actually looked like they were in control against Essendon. Obviously, the result didn't turn out too well for them. But now they don't have to play a big Victorian club at uh, that their spiritual home ground in their first match at the ground for like 30 years. Obviously that helped Essendon quite a lot. That spiritual kind of gave them a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a push. St. Kilda don't have to deal with that this time. Port Adelaide have to travel for the second time in three weeks, which is really tough um, on any club, especially for a team as young as Port. I think the Saints will win this and win this pretty comfortably by about 15 points to get their first win of the season. Uh, Carlton versus West Coast in Perth. Uh, at Minerals Resources Park at the Eagles' home training ground. Uh, This game is potentially more interesting than what I think a lot of people think it will be. I think a lot of people are looking at how poor the Eagles have been and uh, thinking that uh, they'll struggle to win a game this season. But I think Carlton against North Melbourne, their true form has been shown a little bit where you take away a couple of key players for the Blues and their depth drops away quite a lot. I think the Eagles will be uh, boosted by the fact that they're playing at home. This will be a low-scoring game. 
Uh, neither club has a particularly high-functioning forward line, and I think because it's in Perth, I'm tipping the Eagles to win by less than a goal. Hopefully, it's a good, close game of football. Uh, on to Collingwood and Gold Coast. Interesting. Both clubs losing in round one. Both teams having impressive wins in round two. The Suns, their highest score in league history, and the Pies getting the win against the Dockers in Melbourne, doing what they needed to get done. Uh, this is potentially a game that I think will be closer than what a lot of people think. Um, I'm struggling to tip this one. I think just because it's in Melbourne and because it's at Victoria Park, Collingwood rarely lose there. Um, I just think that the Suns traveling again, it's just, it's so difficult to to face up and travel every second week in this competition, in any competition, but especially one that's semi-professional. Uh, I am tipping the Pies to win in what should be a good game by about three goals. And we finish off with Brisbane versus Sydney. Uh, the AFLW state of origin, if you will, if you're a rugby league supporter listening to this, um, I think, uh, well, it is the first AFLW clash between these two sides. Um, I think Brisbane were really stung by their loss to Richmond in uh, in round one. They haven't actually won at their Springfield training uh, ground yet. And I think that they'll be eager to get their first win on the board. The Swans showed promising signs against Geelong, but ultimately showed the fact that they are still not quite thereabouts where they can challenge the top sides for long enough where they can actually get a win. So even though Brisbane have the form issues of actually not winning at home yet, um, they'll get the job done this time around. I think their forward line will be too strong, even with the absence of Jess Wardlaw. I think the Lions will get the job done by about five goals. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that, but the Swans have shown a lot of tenacity so far this season, which is great for a team that really struggled in it in their first season last year. Um, I didn't do this last week, I don't think, but I'll mention which game I am most looking forward to. And it's got to be the Friday night clash, Geelong versus North Melbourne. The AFL has uh, done a good job so far with scheduling their Friday night games this season. They've been intriguing. They've been interesting. Um, one thing that haven't been quite yet, though, is close. And hopefully we'll get a thriller this time around. Um, it should be a fascinating weekend of football. Dear listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. Uh, good luck to your AFLW teams, whoever they are, unless you're a Collingwood, Carlton or Hawthorne supporter, in which case then I hope you lose by a lot. But otherwise, join us next week as we review round three and preview round four. Until then, sayonara. <laughs>